Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit. I'm Baruch Levy, also known as B, and a person who needs now no longer any introduction, my friend and Enneagram teacher, Julie Mouse. Hi, Julie. Hi, happy to be here again. Um, this is the third time is a charm. This is number three. We're marching through the Enneagram, all nine types. As you know, if you just joined us and you jumped in the middle, no problem. Never a wrong place to start with the Enneagram. Listen to this one. Go back to two. Go back to one. And on all of them, our theme is expanding the space. And Julie and I um, actually met some strange way around this quote by Dr. Viktor Frankl. It was at least one of the first things we realized we had in common among many things. Um, but it's um, Dr. Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning, founder of Logotherapy. I'm a logotherapist. And one of his more famous quotes goes, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our happiness. And so, Julie, did you have that on your website? Was that correct? Yeah. Yeah. My website, which um, for those of you who haven't heard me on this podcast before, I teach mindfulness-based stress reduction and other mindfulness courses. And that quote for me is all of why I practice mindfulness so that I can pause. Mindfulness is really a practice of learning to pause when stimulus happens in life. And then you're able to respond in a way that is true to yourself. I still want to get a bumper sticker that says stimulus happens, but <laughs> only the logotherapist would think it's fun. So, um, <laughs> and it's amazing to me that one idea, right, is the foundation of your work. By the way, if you haven't visited Julie's website, it's mindfulmouse.com, M-A-U-S, mindfulmouse.com. And that one quote sums up your work with mindfulness practice, my work as a logotherapist, meaning-centered guide, and then our work with the Enneagram. Would you argue that's a great jumping off point for Enneagram conversation? Yes, that's where they come together for me because... Enneagram is all about self-awareness and when you practice mindfulness it's not long before you realize just how hard it is to pause because we go into this immediate reaction when faced with a problem or stressor and the more self-awareness we have the likelihood of pausing astronomically increases and um, it's so easy to understate that what you said that stimulus happens to us. But when stimulus is happening, it doesn't feel like stimulus happening. It feels like a whirlwind, a storm, hell, right? I mean, it can range anything from frustration in traffic to tragic news and everything in between. And it's so easy to say, be mindful. And then we say, I don't even know what that means. I don't know how to do it. And that's where I do believe this work comes in is giving us the tools 
to figure out what does that mean? Be mindful, pay attention. Well, there's, and there's a lot of just biology that explains why we're not mindful because our body's constantly trying to protect ourselves and under a stimulus, we go into flight or fight, which means our frontal cortex shuts down and we're operating from our amygdala and we're not really thinking through how we want to be, how we want to respond to that stressor. Yeah, and to say it in my language or Dr. Frankel's language, very simply, we're in reaction. When you're in reaction, just like Julie's saying, we're in fight or flight. We're in survival. We're in stay alive mode, which is, look, it's important. It's a starting point. I, I, I don't want people to be in anything else than fight or flight when they're in a car crash, about to crash, right? Like that serves its purpose. The problem is, is when we're living in fight or flight outside of the car crash, you know, in our day to day. And that's where the Enneagram comes in and starts showing us where we go when we're in reaction, when we're unconscious, when we're living on autopilot and how to pay attention to that, which is one of the things Julie brings to this conversation. And then how to go beyond that, or as we call it, respond, response. The opposite of reaction is response. And that's a level of intention and consciousness and choice. Anything else you want to add to our framework? No, except I know we're doing the three today. And um, just already, I'm, well, I'll have you introduce the three B, but um, I just think of them as the go, go, go type. And right. so this podcast for you threes who are still listening, this podcast can be so valuable because when you're in that go, go space, if you can start recognizing how often you're in that go, go, go space, you can realize that you can add a little space and have a little more intention in how you move through the world. That's right. That's a nice way of saying get on with it because the threes are checking out because we said Enneagram through the achiever and we're talking about the big picture. We're not talking about show me the money. What do I do? Right. So here we go. Enneagram three, the achiever, the performer, the charmer, the leader, the winner, whatever you want to call it. Threes are um, all about, maybe not all about, but driven in a very deep way by achieving, by succeeding, by creating, contributing, lots of ing words, lots of verbing, lots mm -hmm. of doing, lots of action. I think sevens, I know, sevens, eights, and threes, the, um, the enthusiast, the seven, the challenger, the eight, and the achiever, the three, are the most energetic of all the types because they're forward progress, forward facing, right? They're in spiritual language, they're lines, you know, the line and the arrow from that masculine figure, they're, they're forward charge, go ahead, because there's so much to do and there's so little time to do it. So threes are the most driven, um, the most ambitious and the most, I would say efficient of all Enneagram types. 30,000 foot view. What else, Julie? Well, and that just goes right along with what you were just saying about um, if we can create more awareness about our types. So when threes and eights and sevens are just a little more aware that they are constantly going forward, that they're constantly driving and that that can be maybe off-putting to people in their life, they can create awareness around that and learn to rein it in just a bit. Um, it is your also your superpower. It enables you to be so successful and to do so well. But if you're constantly going, you miss a whole another aspect of life. 
And so starting right away with this idea of being more aware, pausing and noticing, oh boy, I may be in my little much right now, or am I little driving too fast and too hard? I need to pause. Yeah, I, I attribute this to Wayne Dyer, but I think it really goes to the theologian Meister Eckhart. But we're not here to be human doings. We're here to be <laughs> human beings. And when I think of human doings, I think of either an eight or a three. Threes are human doings. As an aside, I think America at least was a three culture. It still is, but I think maybe it's morphed into a seven, but definitely a three culture, right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Idle, what is it? What's that saying? Idle hands. I don't oh, know. The devil's hands you work. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, sitting on your ass is, is no good. Or a teacher of mine, Sylvia Borstein, Buddhist teacher, has a book called Don't Just Do Something, Sit There. And that almost sounds like um, that sounds like blasphemy, I think, from a threes perspective. What do you mean sit here? There's too much to do. Well, and for most threes, if they've been a three for a while, the people around them, they cheer them on. They like the fact that they're so successful. They give them accolade for it. They give them recognition for it. And they don't they don't really want their three to stop. They don't realize that it's killing them. It's true. Literally. I mean, you know, threes, prob I have no data, but I wouldn't be surprised if you showed me like coronor coronary, you know, heart attack issues type things, high blood pressure. I mean, these are driven folks. I do know for a fact that they're disproportionately represented in corporate America, the highest mm -hmm. echelons in sports. You know, if you read about a mega superstar, like a Michael Jordan, a LeBron James, a Kobe Bryant, uh, Simone Biles, Lance Armstrong, these are all threes. Mm -hmm. And it's almost required to be a three or certainly three-like to make it to that level of competition, right? Where you've, you know, I watched um, King Richard, um, Serena, Venus Williams, father. Yeah. yeah. And, oh my God, like that is a three weaponized, right? From the time right. they could breathe, they were regimented, efficient, practicing, diligent. Look, mm -hmm. I imagine, I have no idea, but I imagine that's what it takes to get to the top of professional sports. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. With consequences. With consequences. And then, well, what I want to say about that with the threes is that I think many um, unaware threes don't realize that there is this constant thinking and doing like, what's wrong with that? I'm, I, that's how I get things done. That's how I'm efficient. I don't waste time. What's wrong with that? And what's wrong with that is there's three centers of intelligence, not just thinking and doing, there's also feeling. And what happens is that the three's feelings kind of get pushed down. And even though they're in the feeling center of intelligence, and when a three walks in the room, they, they read the room by noticing feelings but feelings are messy and feelings aren't efficient. So they push them down and they move forward. And if a three listening right now might be like, well, what's wrong with that? You know, you can't wallow in feelings. You've got to move forward in life. And what's wrong with that is that when you leave that center of intelligence out, you don't operate at your best self. And people can start to be like, ouch, or that they can feel that you aren't sensing how they're feeling or that you're just moving, charging forward without taking that into account. And so finding that balance where you, it's not like you stop and wallow in feelings 
you threes out there. It's just that you notice, oh, wait, I maybe need to pause here and see how the group is feeling or see how I'm feeling. And then you'll be even more efficient and you'll be even more successful, but it'll come with your highest self. And I just want to share a slide that just reiterates what you're saying. For those watching, um, you can look at it. For those listening, I'll describe it. But this is called the Hornavian triad. These are these are needs, how we get our needs met, how we move through the world. And what you see is the red triangle here, the three, the eight, and the seven are all the assertive types. And when you look at a three, eight, and a seven, they, they have very similar energies. They're coming, you know, as Julie and I teach, coming from a very different why or motivation, but on the surface, they can look the same, but the consequence is three is in the feeling triad, but they're conflicted. So they go away from their feelings and eights go away from their feelings and sevens go away from their feelings. So the three sevens and eights is the point. All pay a price what you're describing. It's not just threes, not to kind of hang them out to dry. I yeah. as an eight, I can, I can I can validate this every ounce of my being. I have a hard time feeling. So I'll go into doing mode almost as a form of self-preservation, of protection. And threes do the same thing because emotions make threes, sevens, and eights especially feel vulnerable, exposed, mm -hmm. out of control. And for threes, out of their mastery because they're mm -hmm. masters on the field. They're masters in the boardroom. They're masters in their particular area of interest. But emotions are much harder or different thing to master. Yeah, and I just want to reiterate that for a three to wrap their head around that getting in touch with their emotions and the emotions of others is actually going to make them better at what they're doing. Because I think they're taught through life, like leave that aside because you'll be way more efficient and productive and achieve more if you just do the thinking and doing, thinking and doing, get into action, get into action. But when threes are able to pause and actually f bring feelings on board, they tune in more to the people in the room. They are more connected and personal in their relationships. They're less likely to not see things that, they, that they're pretending they don't want to see um, for efficiency. They actually tend to notice things more, avoid roadblocks. Um, they, you will be more successful threes if you can bring that feeling center on board and find ways to do that. And you will expand the definition of success. Yeah. Right. It isn't yeah. it isn't two dimensional. It's a, that's why we call, you know, our work 360. The circle is a whole. You can't have part of a circle and it still be a circle. And our lives weren't meant to be successful in one area, but to live holistically. And I see this with threes where they go off to work. Oftentimes that's their battleground of choice and their masters. They come home and they're second class citizens. They don't feel like they have mastery. And so they start weighting their energy, their resources, their time into the area where they know how to succeed. Yeah. And that leads to some real problems when you start compartmentalizing your life. Right, right. And then for some threes, they spend so much stepping up to be what people want them to be because they so innately read that. They're so incredible at that. They, they can change, shape shift almost to be exactly what the organization needs. But they lose themselves. They don't touch into their own feelings of what they want. And sometimes threes will even forget who they are or what they want or what's important to them. Well, it's funny you say that, Julie, losing yourself, because as Julie, 
I know where you're going. And she's a nine. Nines tend to lose themselves for a different reason. Sixes tend to lose themselves for a different reason. Threes tend to lose themselves. They Threes will lose themselves by and large by because of what Julie's talking about, morphing into what is successful, what is revered, what it's going to take to be perceived as the best. How do nines differ from their morphing? Um, well, for nines, it's, um, it's a, just a self-forgetting, as in forgetting. So it's very similar, actually. It's forgetting to pay attention to their own needs. Um, so similar, but it's yeah, more... I, would challenge, I challenge you a little bit knowing you. So I, I know threes, will they'll lean in. They'll step out to the spotlight, right? Whereas I, that's not my sense of nines. Nines aren't jumping into the spotlight as a way to sort of merge. Oh, no. <laughs> no, they're they might step next to someone else who's in the spotlight. <laughs> right. You know, put it on them, but not uh -huh. necessarily me. Threes have this ability to draw the attention to themselves. Threes really know how to stand. They, they, they know how to... Um, well, like the people I named, these are mega stars who just shine. And we even think of them and there's like this shining light. And so they just gravitate towards, you know, I think of them in high school as the prom queen, the prom king, whether or not they were threes, it felt like a three thing. They just mm -hmm. know what it takes to get to the top of the pyramid. Whereas nines really don't climb that, that right. same same place. Sixes do it in a different way. We're not talking about sixes today, so I'll, I'll leave them alone. Um, but I guess one of the reasons I bring this up is because there's a sense of deceit. I see this with nines and with threes in different ways. You know, nines don't, would never think of it as deceit or sort of a lying. They, they like to call it self-forgetting. But there is a sense of lying to myself about what I really want. I, yeah, I agree. It's a not knowing, but it's also a convincing themselves that they don't have a need and somebody else's need is more important. A three is doing the similar thing, but they're almost lying to themselves or deceiving themselves, telling them the means justifies the ends, right? I'll put aside my values. I'll put aside what I believe is effective to be efficient, to be successful. Mm -hmm to be seen. So there's both three and nine have this deceiving thing going on, but looks very different. Yeah, it's such a great example of how the different numbers can look alike or do similar things for very different reasons. Because mm -hmm. I do think nine. some nines will step into the limelight and step into like power positions, but it's if they, it's motivated not by success or achievement, it's motivated more by the ability to mediate or you're good at um, solving this conflict, so you'll step into the leadership position to do that. Right. There's a control. Eight, nine, and one, and we're talking about nines, have a control sort of drive. Threes have a see-me drive. Two, three, and four are all the image-conscious types. Right. You know, three, now self-preservation three, subtype, goes against the grain, but by and large, most threes, they gravitate towards that light because it, it's validating. See me, right? We all yeah. want to be seen. I was talking to a friend who's a three 
recently and I was asking him because he definitely does not seem to be um, as concerned with his image that much. And I'm like, when did you wake up to that? And he said, oh, it took cancer. Remember when they ripped my nose off and made me, I had to walk around with this thing on my face. It took like being completely, um, my image being completely trash, like to finally let go because it was so good for me. It was so good for me to spend that time learning that I was okay, even though I didn't feel like I was okay. And really it's, I, my heart breaks for three sometimes because our culture, especially today, is so image driven, image conscious. You know, you think of Instagram, you think of Facebook of look at me. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a three driven culture. Look at me, look at what I'm eating, look, see me, right? I know like not some nines who would like, you know, don't want to put the picture on, on Facebook or Instagram for that reason. Threes, you know, it's like there is a see me, whether or not they say it or not. Um, but they have to stand guard against that. And it's really hard in our culture that promotes it. Yeah. And I just want to say for those threes out there, it's not necessarily a bad thing. My sister is a, um, is a Catholic nun and she's a three on the Enneagram. And most nuns are twos because they're helpers. That's what brought them to it. But my parents were both very Catholic. And for my sister, I think this was the most successful way to lead her life, according to my parents, for sure it was. And she, but she lives this spiritual practice where she's very aware that she's caught up in that image thing. And thus, when she is out there, it's not, it's not necessarily such a bad thing. She realizes that this is what motivates her. And then she can take that motivation and then turn it into just being an amazing person for all the people that she helps. So, so important. Thank you. You know, I guess we should back up and say it isn't that they want to, um, you know, look good. It's that they want to be the best, the best mm -hmm. possible. And, and it can be whatever, um, whatever their environment or their society deems as as best. So, you know, I come from uh, a, a Jewish background and in the um, seminaries, the Orthodox, the ultra Orthodox, you've seen you know TV shows about them, side curls, black hat. I never lived like that, but um, in that world, it's there's a, there's a three thing that happens in a different way, and that is to be the smartest, to learn the most Talmud, to be able to reiterate it to the rabbi as quickly as possible. You know, mm -hmm. Muslims have their versions, um, Buddhists have their versions, and that's just ascending to the top of that particular pyramid. Mm -hmm. So when I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about the Tom Cruise world that I live in. That's the three culture. Tom Cruise, by the way, is the quintessential three. He is a three. I think he only pay, plays threes. Top Gun yes. is, is a three in a plane. Daytona, five, whatever that movie was, is a three in a car. A three behind a bar when that movie, a three is a spy. It's like... <sighs> That is such a quintessential caricature of a driving his wow. motorcycle, not not getting a, um, not getting a. He, I guess, he drove his motorcycle off the cliff himself. He didn't get a stunt man. Sorry, a stunt man for his own acts. Right. He can do it himself. And they like they know how to make it work. If I'm going under the knife and I'm under surgery, I want the last things I want to hear 
the the very last words I do want to hear are my surgeon says, oh, I'm an Enneagram one, the perfectionist, or a three, the achiever. Like I want that three in my life in key situations. I want a three to lead me in an organization. So threes, we could not have our society you know, function as smoothly, as efficiently, as effectively without them. However, threes listening, you pay a price if you don't stand guard against that because well, it never ends. Well, and not only do you pay a price, the world pays a price. So you are the people who are leading a lot of our organizations. You are the people that are running companies. That means a lot of people are working under you. And this is where I hope some, most of you are still listening, that if you want to, like my sister I described, be that three in response, be that three who isn't just go, go, go energy, making everyone around them uncomfortable who can't keep up. If you want to be that three, bringing that feeling center on board and, and trying to be more aware of this need for the image, just the awareness usually is enough to help you pause a little bit. And people, you're in the feeling center. People can feel it when you do. And then you become this amazing leader and you share that with all your employees and they feel more seen by you. They feel more um, energized to work for you, to be a part of your, uh, you're a, na a natural at building people up, at leading people. And let's, you know, we'll wrap up and go into our meditation because we know uh, threes have a lot to do out there. Um, but the bottom line is threes are part of the heart pride. You're at the center of it. You have in some ways, the biggest heart of any type on the Enneagram, because you're right smack in the middle of the heart center. And the work of defying your number is to do what Julie's saying, is to get back into that heart space, knowing that at the end of the day, you're lovable and you're loved, not by what you do, not by what you produce, but by the very being of your presence in people's lives is enough. And I say this to two, threes, and fours all the time, you are enough, period. And so maybe that's a good place to jump into the, the meditation. Yeah, I, I'll just add that my son is a three. And after learning about the Enneagram, very often when he leaves the house, I say, just remember, you don't have to do anything to be loved. Just to <laughs> kind of put that in there to remind him. And so it's become our little joke and he knows what I mean. <laughs> so and yes. Please need that. They need they people in their lives to remind them that your worth, your, your self-worth and your net worth are two totally different things. And this is a great segue into a mindfulness practice for threes. And before I dive into the meditation we've been doing, I'll just say for threes, usually, so mindfulness is different from meditation in that it's trying to have little practices throughout your day to the point where your life is a practice where you're just being in a place of awareness more and more. Um, so, you know, maybe when you're driving your car to work or when you're in the shower or when you're doing laundry, if you can take those as moments to just tune into that feeling center. And if threes can intersperse that through their day, they can start to make some pathways in their brain towards checking in so that they can catch themselves when they're in that go, go, go energy space that kind of makes everyone around them a little crazy. So I want to say a little plug for not just this meditation practice, which I hope you visit and um, try out, but also 
this meditation practice is geared towards reminding you to take just maybe a few breaths in the middle of your day or to just pause for a moment at a stoplight and tune in. How am I feeling? That's such a great question for a three. How am I feeling now? And that only takes, you know, take a breath, bring your attention to your breath and check in with how you're feeling. It can really change how, the energy you bring to the rest of us. And one last reminder, we have all these numbers, all these energies within us. Everybody listening to this is in a three culture. Every one of us starts morphing and adapting to be a three. If you don't adapt like a three, you can't keep up today. So we all need this mindfulness meditation around the achiever, not just the people whose core type um, is a three. So with that, I'm going to pause makes it much easier for me to find it later so I can cut it out, make it a standalone so all the threes can have a more efficient experience just mm -hmm. with meditation. Pause one second. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our happiness. This is expanding the space for Enneagram 3, the achiever. Let's start by just taking two deeper than normal breaths and feel your belly rise and fall as you breathe. And then bring your attention to the bottom of your feet and just notice any sensations that are there. Coolness or warmness. Contact with the floor. And we're just beginning to bring our attention into our body. So notice when the mind starts to grab your attention because that's where you threes like to be a lot. That's just you're, you're trying to keep yourself safe. So when you notice that, invite your attention back to the feet because you're exercising your mind right now, exercising your ability to stay present. And if you're feeling a fidgetiness, that's also just three energy because threes like to be in action to be going. So to stop and be still is very difficult. Don't fight that. Just notice this urge to move on and bring your attention back to your feet. Getting to know that urge will help you catch it when you're out in the world. So just notice the urge to move and see if you can stay still and bring your attention back to your feet. Now let's shift from our feet to our hands. What sensations do you notice in your hands? Again, maybe temperature, the contact, Notice the fingers, the palms, the back of the hand. And now bring your awareness up to your shoulders. Soften your shoulders down and back as you exhale. And now let's bring our attention to our breath and specifically at the belly. So if you can't feel your belly rising and falling, put your hand there. And just try and focus your attention on the expansion of the belly as you breathe in. Pause. 
and then the contraction as you breathe out. And the pause again. Almost as if there's a balloon in your belly expanding in all directions as you breathe in and deflating as you breathe out. And just like with the hands and feet, notice when the mind moves to the next thing, a distraction, a thought of what you need to do, and maybe just, I got to be done with this now. Those are all things to notice and then practice bringing your attention back to the next breath. Now place your hand back down on your lap if it was on your belly and bring to mind something that was a failure for you. What do you even bring to mind when you hear the word failure? And see if you can picture that scene or that event or that situation that feels like a failure to you. So notice you've moved from the breath, your attention is now up in your head. You maybe notice not wanting to think about it because that's what the three does. They don't like to think about things that upset them. So just be patient with yourself. See if you can bring to mind something that's a failure. And then once you have it, see if you can notice how your body's feeling from thinking about that. Maybe focus around the chest, the middle of your torso. Threes tend to have a lot of sensation that's coming up and out because they don't want to stay with feelings. So you might feel energy moving up and out. Don't judge the feeling. We're just trying to notice it. Trying to get to know how our body reacts to failure. Again, don't try and change it. Just be curious like a loving, curious awareness. How does my body react when I think about failure? That's interesting. And notice if the sensation moves or gets more or less intense. See if you can just challenge yourself to stay with it. Stay with that curious, loving awareness. Now let's move our attention back to our breath at the belly. So learning to bring that energy down and be a little more grounded. Notice how you can shift your focus. And then bring both hands to your heart and place one on top of the other and press in gently like you're giving yourself a little bit of love. Tapping in to what would be called the biggest heart on the whole Enneagram when you notice it. Take one more deep breath in and a softening exhale. 
And then before you wrap up this meditation, maybe just tune into how your body feels right now after just a very short break. When you're ready, you can relax, open your eyes and move right on with your day. You're ready to move on with that feeling center on board. Thank you. That was amazing. The, mo the irony of that is that you become more efficient, right? When you mm -hmm. take these breaks, I mean, it's just been uh, scientifically validated. Mm -hmm. You have a certain amount of bandwidth and then you have to stop doing and get into the space of being. And it's one of the things I love about Julie's practice is it really speaks to the more, the, the less, well, I call them the woo-woo crowd, um, you know, a little more practical, a little more ta tangible mindfulness practice really has, I think, made its way into our culture because threes can literally wrap their heads around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's so good for them. And, they knew just how inspirational and motivating they were to so many people, including us nines. Um, we just need to feel that heart. <laughs> well, thank you as always. And thank you to all of you threes out there for making our lives possible, right? Without threes, we would be probably living in the stone ages. Um, and so you help advance us into the yes. future with, I would say, your, your true core gift is inspiration. And I, I really think of the words in spirit, right? It comes from a deeper place than your physical exertion, than your outward doing. It comes from an inner place where you are truly inspiring human beings. And we acknowledge you and thank you for inspiring us into the unknown. And so with that, Julie and I will be back in the next podcast that we do together. Um, obviously, continuing on the journey, next up, Enneagram number four. Thanks, Julie. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. All. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review and share this podcast with others. To learn more about the Defiant Spirit, get more inspirational content, or see how we might work together to live your Defiant Spirit, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, take back your power and live your defiant spirit.